0: G'day and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast, the podcast that's all about intermittent fasting. I'm your host Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost sixty kilograms or one hundred and thirty-two pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss. I'm also the author of the Amazon category best-selling book, The Fasting Highway, which will give you a great insight into what it's actually like to live it day to day, how to get started, what it's about. What are some of the health benefits that come from it, and how to turn it into a successful long-term lifestyle? In this series of podcasts, you'll be hearing from people from all over the world, from the beginners to the experienced and those that are on the journey. You'll also be hearing from some leaders in the intermittent fasting community, and you'll also be hearing from some past guests as we recheck in to see how they've been going. And thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway, enjoy the show. G'day and welcome to the Fasting Highway Podcast and this is episode 183 brought to you by our Patreon members community and a big shout out to our you members this week of the Patreon community for the podcast and that's Marie, Cheryl, Miranda, Joanne, Elizabeth, Ray, Mark and Tony and a huge thank you to all those that have been joining up the Patreon community for the podcast. We've had some great content back, some really great benefits for the members uh, there's podcast episodes, bonus content, discussion topics. Uh, there's two Zoom meetings a month, Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere at friendly times. So if you want to get some extra accountability and come and talk to other people about intermittent fasting and maybe meet people in your local area, we well, can do that through our Patreon community. Uh, you'll find that in the show notes link. Uh, you can also just go to www.com Patreon, forward slash, The Fasting Highway. Okay, folks, let's get on to today's episode, and I'm going to be speaking with John Beaver. And John was last on the podcast in episode 54, and he's certainly been busy since then. And John is from Edmond, Oklahoma, and he came to intermittent fasting in August of 2020, where he was searching for a solution to an increasingly troublesome problem with migraines and partly looking for some change to a lifelong struggle with weight and obesity, as you'll hear about in this podcast. But I won't spoil it any further. I want John to tell his story, and this is possibly one of the greatest NSVs I have ever heard. And I've got to tell you, I shed a tear, so get the tissues ready. Okay, folks, let's hear from John Beaver. Oh, good day, John, and welcome back to the Fasting Highway.
1: Good afternoon, Graham. Thanks for having me back.
0: Great to have you, mate. You're a very inspiring guy and a great story. And what have you been up to, mate, since way back there in episode
1: 54, nearly two years ago now? Man, I know. Time gets by in a hurry, right? Yeah, sure does. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah. So that was 2021. Um, Yeah, I've been fasting every day, every day since. Um, I kind of made it along there. Um, I got uh, from there into a maintenance range last summer. Um been kind of tricking along there in a kind of a eight to ten pound maintenance range now for uh about ten months, um on the same plan and just looking to cruise right along in there. So it's great.
0: Yeah, mate. And what we might do, um well, people that maybe just tuning in and haven't heard your last story, and I'd encourage people to go back and listen to John's story, the full gamut of the backstory there in episode fifty-four. We might just do a brief version of that, mate. Where you come from with your weight, where you got to that high weight there and and how, where are you now with your weight and all that sort of thing over the last two years and the non-scale victories and just be as expansive as you wanted to be and take your time and that'd be great.
1: Sure. So uh I'm I'm fifty-three years old today. Um I started uh with intermittent fasting in August of twenty twenty. Um I was partly looking for a way to kind of control some migraine headaches that had gotten, um, really to be out of control. Um, and I was also looking at something, you know, to help with my weight, which had been a problem for me, a kind of a lifelong problem. Um, at that point I was starting out from about 293 pounds or around 130 kilograms. Um, and so, um, Pretty quickly, I found that uh, intermittent fasting with a with a clean fast, just just coffee, you know, black coffee, plain water, primarily that was it for me. And sparkling water um, was working well. It, it helped control the migraines, and I started to see some weight coming off um, day by day, week by week. Um, and so I stuck with that. I started out with kind of a a longer, maybe six to eight hour eating time. Um, And then just the schedule of my days kind of worked out where it kind of shrunk into an evening time where I wasn't really needing to eat until I came home uh, from work in the evening, say 6 p.m. So then I kind of changed to a six to nine eating time. Uh, And I've kind of been on that six to nine, six to eight uh, in the evening ever since, most of the time. So that's been since August of 2020. Um, and so from from that high at that point of, of 293 down, now I'm in this kind of a maintenance range between like 170, 178. Uh, it does fluctuate, you know, daily, weekly, um, but yeah, you know, and I, I get on the scale every morning and see that, and put it in my app, and and move along, um, just to kind of take stock of where things are. Uh, but I, I don't kind of let that bug me. Um, just just to you know make sure it doesn't get way out of whack. Um, but uh, just just keeping it in check. Um, it's a it's a little bit different attitude than than uh, the actual active weight loss Um, but uh, it's it's been phenomenal Um, it's just a whole life-changing activity um, a whole new path that uh, has has certainly turned things around and I think we had a lot more detail in the first podcast but people can certainly hear that there
0: yeah thanks for that John it's quite amazing mate in that period of time I mean that's that is life-changing 123 odd pounds that's 55 odd kilos you know, your life certainly must be so much different now and health-wise. So just tell us about that, like where you come from and the issues maybe you were having at that high weight with your health and how your health is now and your doctors being on board and all that sort of thing. And what have you noticed health-wise, non-scale victories, all those sorts of things, losing that amount of weight?
1: Sure. So I've noticed, you know, for me, um, a lot of things don't hurt now um, that hurt when I was pushing 300 pounds, my feet, I was having starting to have some plantar fasciitis, uh, at that weight, uh, that's gone now. I don't even ever think about that. Uh, back pain, hip pain, knee pain. Those are, those are pretty well resolved. And I was starting to feel some things would, would kind of limit my mobility. You know, I would, I would opt not to do things because they hurt, you know, kind of self-limiting, uh, behavior, um, now, um, I I don't ever run into those things. There's nothing that I'm, you know, not willing to try. Um, certainly, I, I know I've heard you talk about it with a lot of people, but uh, the uh, the savings that, that people might exe- expect have been, you know, kind of shot on my end with, as I've kind of cleared out my closets to make room for new things. Um, um, shopping for clothes has been a whole adventure that I've never had, um, for a long time in my adult life. Um, I did find a lot of good places to shop for secondhand clothes, uh, as I was losing weight because a lot of the sizes didn't last very long. Um, so that's a good tip. I think for people is, you know, as you're losing weight, especially, um, you know, buy buy good secondhand things because you might not be in them too long. Um, I, I gave away so many clothes, you know, um, in fact, I just this week just pulled out some more things and gave away to, uh, someone in my office that they would fit. Um, so all of those things, um, I, I even had to buy new shoes. I've had to buy new shoes. I lost a size and a half in my shoes, which was kind of surprising. Um, had to buy new hats. Uh, all my hats didn't fit anymore. Um, had to buy new glasses. They all oh, my glasses were too wide for my head. Uh, some of the things you don't really think about, you know. Um, but but you're right. It was it was a lot of weight. Yeah. Um I I have found uh, recently that I can I can walk into a crowd of people I know, and if I don't speak, I can hide out in that crowd uh, because they still won't recognize me. Um, Isn't
0: that funny? Isn't that yeah, amazing? Yeah. Like. And you've come through the pandemic while well, you've been doing this as well. So you're locked down for a fair part of that. And so yep. a lot of people wouldn't have seen you. And oh, what are you
1: doing for work these days, John? Um, so I, I manage um, a wholesale electrical supply business. So we we worked because we actually move material. We worked in person uh, all the way through. Um, it was a little bit limited, but we did work. We didn't see a lot of customers, but we had to go in uh, the whole time. Uh, I've been doing that uh, almost 27 years. Um, So I've been doing that a long time before that. I was in uh, computers and software for education.
0: Other things that sort of come into play when you lose that amount of weight, especially for a guy you know, and woman as well is that self esteem aspect, how you feel about yourself. And as you said, going into those crowds and the situations, and not feeling anxious at all about your size, you do All those things go out the window. You don't even think about it anymore, and the travel becomes much easier. Have you done any travel since you have lost all this weight, John?
1: Um, I have. I got to do a little travel last summer. Uh, I took a trip to Mexico. That was a. It was probably the first like long flight I had been on. Um, it was, it was pretty amazing, you know, to get in that seat have the, the seat belt fit around, have room on both sides of me in that seat. Um, it was summer, you know, and not only that, but I had made it, you know, through the airport in the heat. I was not a giant, hot, sweaty mess climbing onto a plane. Uh, nobody was jammed up against me in the seat. And even if they had been, they wouldn't have been, you know, appalled that I was there. Uh, And I've been that person that nobody wanted to have squeezed up against them in an airplane. Um, And so that's just a a phenomenal change for, you know, physically and mentally uh, to be just a new person on a plane like that or moving through an airport. um, You know, I traveled that it was a full basically a full day's worth of travel. Uh, And I made that trip, you know, I started out from home with my coffee, black, uh, got to the airport, had water, plane, uh, water on the plane, water on the second plane. And so, you know, nothing to eat the whole day and felt fabulous by the time I got to, you know, the destination. Whereas prior to, I would have had, you know, a snack in the airport, something on the airplane, uh, you know, garbage garbage food along the way and, and probably been feeling crappy by the time I got there. Yeah. Um, you're, not, yeah.
0: you're not missing anything mate, by not eating plain food. That's for sure. It hasn't improved since they've come back in <laughs> circulation after COVID. I think it's gone downhill actually. You know, the yeah. ironic thing I was on a plane flying to New Zealand last year and uh, the guy next to me, he was a really big guy and he kept apologizing to me for taking up my space and, and being as big as he was. And I just said, mate, it's okay. I said, I've been there, And he was sort of looking at me thinking, mate, you don't know what this is like. And, uh, cause you know, people don't, they don't know you and they just see you as a normal fit, healthy looking guy. Right. And I right. said, mate, don't worry. I know I've been there. Yeah. It certainly is more free in those sorts of moments. I mean, you know, we talked about the seasons prior to the podcast here coming into our winter here and you're coming into your summer. And I know I certainly feel a cold and I'm sitting here with the thermal on, and the shirt <laughs> and jacket talking to John at the moment. And, um, John's coming into his summer, and I think as an obese guy, you sort of fear the summer a bit because you know that you're going to have the pool parties and all the things where you don't wear as much clothing, whereas I yep. used to enjoy the winter more because I knew I could wear long coats, I could hide multitude of sins, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, those sorts right. of things more freeing for you now with the seasons and you're dealing with them better?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it finally warming up here um and you know being able to get my shorts and t-shirts and and go do all of that and man i am ready for it to not be winter because you know i'm cold it's amazing you know you take off that much weight and you're cold and you I, i mean i can see you it looks like you've got on three or four layers today and i've been in three or four layers for like six or seven months now you know every day because i'm just chilly. Um, and, and I wouldn't have done that for so many years. I would have never needed to have on all those clothes. It it just wouldn't have crossed my mind to need, you know, a coat plus a sweater, plus a jacket, plus a coat. Uh, no, I wouldn't have needed that. But now I, I need that from, you know, Labor Day, September up until May, um, just to keep warm, even, even when it gets to be spring. I need it in the office because my, you know, my office will have the air conditioner on. I still need a jacket in there. Oh um, yeah, man. Really, yeah. It kind of changes office. your attitude.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was working in the office last summer. Same thing. I'm I'm the guy sitting there in a the jacket in the office. Everyone's going in the summer outside. You know, why are you wearing a jacket? It's because it's freezing in here. You know, yeah. this air conditioning yeah. so cold. And I always say that there's a lot of scientific reasons why we do feel colder when we fast fasting, of course, and, You know, one of the reasons, obviously, we're consuming less calories while we're fasting, so our core body temperature drops. So there's many other reasons as well. I mean, it stands to reason if you go and have a big bowl of hot soup, you instantly feel warmer within, and that's just the way it is. But the other thing I always say to people is, well, think about a polar bear in Antarctica that's, you know, 200, 300 kilos, whatever it may be, 500 pounds. All of a sudden, that polar bear goes on a diet, and he loses 20, 30% of his body weight. He's going to be colder. That's just the way it is. It's got less insulation on them as well. But I certainly feel colder, but the bipolar of that is in the summertime I feel so much easier. I don't care how hot it gets here. We get up to well over 100 regularly, multi days in a row here in Western Australia, and I find I can deal with that much easier. So that's the upside, I guess, John.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. We should should be seeing that I would think in the next six to eight weeks. So I'm ready for it to, to come back to that and warm up. And then You know, there were there were a lot of years that I dreaded that, you know, 100 degrees because I was going to be miserably hot. Um, And now I don't think so. I think I'm going to be okay through the summer. Um, Last summer, I didn't have any big trouble um, and I was probably right in the same range, um, just adjusting to it. And so this will be the second summer.
0: Yeah. Well, that's fantastic, mate. I really love what you said there about nothing hurts anymore. And yeah. I think that's an amazing non-scale victory when you can get out of bed and you've got no aches and pains. And I'm the same, mate. I've got a dodgy right hip. That's about all I've got now, and that's from a long period. You know, I've carrying excess weight, osteoarthritis. I've been aging, that sort of thing. But apart from that, uh, I had things like arthritic fingers. I'd wake up in the morning, especially in the winter, I could hardly open my hands, you know, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So, and those aches and pains that tend to you know we get when we age i feel like i don't have many of them and i think that's a direct result from intermittent fasting and losing the weight of course and being fit and healthy but john you've had some amazing non-scale victories and we're going to talk about something very special to you in a minute but your medical sort of side of things your doctors and your blood results and all that sort of thing have you noticed an improvement in that sort of space
1: so um so I changed doctors just before I started fasting. So I got a new doctor just as I was starting. And so he saw me a couple times kind of at my high weight. Um, and then we had the pandemic. And so I didn't see him a lot. And then I went back to see him. I had lost, you know, almost a hundred pounds and he seemed to be generally pleased, but very little comment out of him. You know, my blood work was better. Blood pressure was better. Um, I'm going to have new blood work in a couple months from him and see kind of where it's at now. Um, I have a, I have a kind of an ongoing issue with my iron, my iron runs really low. Um, So fight with that, but that's from a a whole different thing. Um, But otherwise I've managed to continue to avoid getting any of the, you know, any of the medications, no blood pressure medication, no, Obviously, I you know I dodged any diabetes medication, all those things. But I I think if I had my old doctor who had known me really at the high weight for so many years, he would be really stunned. Um, this this new doctor who I like just kind of came at an odd time, so he's less impressed than I think he should be. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, but but he's fully supportive. Um, of everything, he's he's been really good about all of it. Just I I thought I was going to get a real real punch out of him, and I didn't get quite as much as I should.
0: No, don't worry. He noticed, mate. He's probably sitting there I'm scratching sure. his head, thinking, "How did this happen?" You know, I think <laughs> sometimes, you know, even when people see you now, and you know, you said that some people don't recognize you. I think it takes a while for people to adapt to if they haven't seen you for a while, because some of the things that go through their head will be things like wow, has he been sick? I mean, But then they think to themselves, well, he doesn't look sick. He looks fantastic. He looks so good. And then yeah. they think, well, how did he do that? What happened? Has he had some sort of surgery? Well, what went on? How, how all of a sudden has he gone from that guy that he was to now? And I think mm-hmm. there's so many things that people ask themselves and it can be quite confronting for people, can't it, when they see people that have had dramatic uh,
1: transformations? It, it can. And what's interesting, I have found, because I've seen, you know, with the pandemic kind of, ending in this amount of time we've been trying to get back together with friends that we miss right so we get together with these people we haven't seen I would say I've had the most dramatic change of all the friends that have gathered and you know these are people I've known a long time 20-30 years these you know, they'll just ask what happened what did you do are you so they'll ask are you sick and I tell them the really simple answer you know what i eat less often that's the answer i i don't eat most of the day and then i eat and then i stop eating until the next time period goes by and then i eat again and they they don't seem to believe it It, it's it's a little staggering because, that I mean, there's no other story. That's the story we're telling here, right? You you eat, and then you stop, and then you eat. You fast, and then you feast, and then you fast again. The repeat is really kind of the important part. and And they just kind of look at me like, no, there's got to be something else. And I'm like, no, you people knew me for a long time you people knew me at my very highest a long time ago. And you knew me at that size for a long time. And here I am at this new size. I'm telling you the truth. I wouldn't lie to you. It's just that simple. And I, I'm, I'm a little shocked that I haven't quite gotten a few more of them to buy in. You know, um, I have had copies of your book out on my desk, um, out on my table in my office and then two or three of them have disappeared not sure where they went but nonetheless they're out in the world so good for that somebody's reading them you know jen's book i've had two or three of those copies disappear out into the world but when i tell people you know really the nuts and bolts right Uh, anybody that wants the full-on both barrels of all the science and the details i will give it to them but they have to actually ask the, the questions you know because i i otherwise assume they don't really want the lecture um but when i give them kind of the top level they they look at me like i'm spinning this story out of you know whole cloth and and making it up for them i'm like no that's that's all there is just yeah. that simple if i can do it you can do it
0: <clears throat> exactly right and thank you for giving those books out of mine it's yeah it is hard for people to sort of You know take in that we're only eating once or twice a day it was funny i was watching the king's coronation there in england king charles and of course he's probably the most famous intermittent faster in the world he's a tea mad guy eats twice two meals a day doesn't eat any lunch and um yeah so that's probably a little known fact by a lot of people so there are a lot of people around the world that don't even know they do intermittent fasting they're simply people that may not like breakfast they don't eat till later in the day um, there's a lot of people like that. And I think it is it is more mainstream. It's not a big surprise when you say to people now, oh, I do intermittent fasting, because they've either heard of it or they know somebody that's been doing it or something like that. But the hard part for them is to grab that concept of, what, you only eat once a day? How does that work? I mean, you know, there are people that may, in their own lives, be eating 10, 20 times a day. So I think that's the reason they can't get their head around it,
1: John. Yeah, I, I do too. I think, and, and you know, we we under those of us that do it understand there is an, a, a time period in the beginning where you have to adapt you know there may be three four six weeks in the beginning as you start where your body has to adapt to that change and that's maybe a little more difficult um, but after that you know that I I today I I don't get hungry you know on a normal day until. 20 hours or 21 hours in and maybe not then if it's, you know, if I've eaten well the day before, I may not really be hungry, you know, um, for a couple of days. Sometimes it might be two days. So, um, it's really true. It's just that simple. And I, I, think I, you know, I think when I first started, um, you know, I got, I got, uh, jen stevens books and i got the obesity code from from dr jason fung and i read all that and started to understand you know the the, the way the insulin works in your body and and stores the fat lets the fat move out of your body and and how you know as you've said so many times there's there's real hunger and there's head hunger and the head hunger is not an emergency Um, And just kind of starting to understand that a day at a time really makes so much difference um, that you can, you can ignore that. You can ignore that grumble when, you know, when you smell that bread or see that cupcake, that's not you being hungry. That's you wanting something that you saw or smelled. You're not hungry for that.
0: Yeah. I think once you learn that difference between that head hunger and the, the body hunger, it makes a huge difference to your fasting journey. And I think that's when you really understand what the fasting is all about as well. And then you sort of recognize those true hunger signals. And I think the longer you go, the more intuitive you start getting with your fasting. I know five years in now, no two days are really the same for me. I mean, I never look at the clock and wonder what time it is. I just have a sense of when I need to eat. And so that's more of an intuitive sort of tapping into your sort of true hunger signals, that type of thing. And now that you've moved to this maintenance phase i want to talk about that before we move on to the special uh, nsv but when you lose a lot of weight john right you get to that point where you think okay i'm really happy with that and then you start thinking well how am i going to keep this weight off now what am i going to do what do i need to change do i need to change anything and i think the mindset as you mentioned there it is a bit different when you're maintaining to when you're losing because you have to then sort of think well i want to make it a little bit more flexible I want to be able to do a couple of maybe introduce a couple of things I wasn't having when I was losing weight, and I want to see how that goes. And I just want to make it different. And I think when you're maintaining, you have to switch again
1: to a different mindset. Uh, true, I think so too. Um, and it, I, what I found is like, you have to look, you have to look at a longer view of everything. If you if you look. Very closely, like at the day to day to day fluctuations of everything, of your weight, then then you will absolutely drive yourself crazy, whether you're losing weight or in maintenance. I was looking at some of my my graphs of the whole you know time, almost three years now. And if I zoom in and look at the fluctuations from one day to the next day to the next day, you know I would have days that might go up or down well, mostly up, you know, six or eight pounds. Um, if If I had, I don't know, beer or a pasta or something, it could go up six or eight pounds in a day. But if I zoom out and look at that graph smoothed out, I can see that, you know, on the overall trend, it's moving in the right direction. And the same thing with maintenance. I can see that, it's okay if I'm if I'm hungry. if I have an event, I want to have you know a drink or a birthday cake or if I'm gonna have brunch plus dinner today because I've gone to whatever an event. Well, so earlier this year, I had a incredible opportunity to go with great friends. We went to the Masters in Augusta. And so we went out there. We had a whole day, and we got there at 10 in the morning. And it's like, you know what? We're going to have the food here because that's part of the experience. We're going to have the breakfast sandwich. We're going to have the pimento cheese sandwich. We're going to have the beer. We're going to have the ice cream sandwich. That's part of the day. It's okay. That, that was the whole goal in my mind of wanting to lose the weight was to be able to have all these experiences longer and more not to have to say well i got to do this but i'm fasting today so i have to skip out on parts no 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 i want to be able to take in all the things more longer and not worry about it and and i do i, I mean there's a lot of grace to the journey at this point and if that means that my scale went up for a day or a week i I, I'm not worried about that. It will come back down because regular maintenance life doesn't look like that every day. You know, just like regular life when you're losing doesn't look like a special event every day. So the, the awareness is there all the time. You you kind of keep track with whether it's your clothes or your scale or your mirror or whatever best works. You're keeping track of where you're at. You're kind of vigilant about it, but that doesn't mean that it's running your life because the goal is to to have a life, a longer yep. life, a wider life, right?
0: Exactly, mate. You've got to make it flexible. Otherwise, it's not going to stick. That's the thing because now you're yep. doing something for life. It's not like when you're losing the weight because that has a, a sort of a finite time, like it might be 12 months or it might be 15 months or two years that you're getting the weight off, right? And then, But yep. once you get the weight off, then you're looking ahead. You're talking about 20, 30, 40 years with for some people, maybe even longer For I've interviewed people on this podcast in their 20s, so they've got another 60, 70 years of living exactly. this lifestyle. So it's how am I going to make this more flexible? You, keywords there where you used, give yourself grace and enjoy life moments. I mean, U.S. Masters with your mates, how good? How good? And those sorts of things may only happen once in your life. It's like me going to the Rugby World Cup in Japan a few years ago. Well, I was having a great time with my mates eating street food in Japan because those sorts of experiences you may never experience again. I'm off to Paris this year for the Rugby World Cup. And, you know, I'll be eating French wine, drinking French wine and eating French cheese because that's just what you do when you go to France. You experience what life's about. And I think that's really important to know that you can do some things in life, but then get back on track pretty quickly. And it's understanding the data too, I think, about regain because a lot of people worry about regain and we're doing an episode about that coming up, but was regain ever something that you were worried about or were you pretty confident what you knew about fasting was going to help you through this maintenance phase?
1: You know, I haven't worried too much about it yet. I mean, I think I'm, I'm aware that it's out there. um, But, but I haven't had a big struggle with it, you know, so far. Um, I just kind of stay on on plan and and watch, you know, watch day by day. Um so no no knock on wood. Not not so far, but I I am aware that it yeah. that it's looming, you know, and so just the, the day-to-day awareness kind of to stay for one thing, I've given away all the clothes that wouldn't fit, you know, that would fit if I regain too much. So we am gonna stay on track.
0: Exactly, mate. That's exactly right. Man. You've heard me say many times, it's vigilance without obsession. It really is. I don't call it fasting really anymore. People say to me, What are you doing now? And I say I'm vigilance without obsession. And I'll say, well, What's that? And I'll say I'm vigilant without being obsessed about it, because I need to live my life and you know it's gonna be a long and healthy life, hopefully. So, you know, there is a different mindset, I think, in that shift, but you know maintaining i think and you know have those tools with intermittent fasting you can recalibrate all the time and as you mentioned before that goal range that you have and i think that's important to tell people to make a goal range rather than set yourself a goal weight number because when you yep. use a specific number you're going to torture yourself you're going to tear yourself up if you stand on the scales and it's two pounds above that then you're going to rip yourself up and say oh man i've blown it i've got to get down there but when you say to yourself, okay, I'm in that range. I just need to wind it back if I get up the top of that range.
1: Because you have a range, don't you? About four, six, eight pounds. Absolutely. Somewhere. Yeah, six to eight pounds easily. And then, you know, when it climbs up near the top of that, I, I still, it doesn't bother me. If it starts to bother me, I have to remind myself the top of that range is still a number I could barely imagine getting to when I started. Yep. You know, it's still less than I could even think I was going to possibly get down to. So, you know, just awareness and, and continue on.
0: I think the weird thing about maintenance, too, is your body gets that set point where it just sort of hangs around that sort of area. Like once mm-hmm. you set that sort of range, it's almost like it just sits there and you know how to handle it when you're going out eating and drinking and that sort of thing. Because you're a party guy, John, you like to have a social life with your mates and you enjoy that with your family and you all dress up at Christmas time in those crazy outfits <laughs> that you love and all of that must be so much more joyful for you now. But we're going to get on to this special moment in this podcast where you're going to talk about someone very special in your life that saw your example and take it away.
1: Yeah. So as I started fasting in 2020, um, I had—I don't know exactly how much I had lost, but um as I was going along, then my son, uh, who was, uh, 23, 22 or 23 at the time, kind of saw, and he, he kind of read the books and, um, he started to fast at the same time. Um, he had finished college, uh, was just, well, was just finishing college in May of 2020, um, had gained some weight while he was in college, like so many of us do, um, he kind of grabbed the whole thing and very quietly uh, started to uh, fast as well. Uh, he dropped about a hundred pounds, uh, which was all he needed to lose uh, and has kept that off and then in you know true fashion for somebody in their mid20s has been able to get out to the gym, start adding on the uh, you know the muscle, weight that we'd all like to have as we, you know, get past middle age and, and can't quite add on as fast. Um, and, and looks fabulous. You know, he's done a great job with that. And now he won't ever have to be, you know, turning 50, whatever I was 52, um, and, and deciding to start losing weight because he's got the tools. He knows all the things to do. Uh, And he's, you know, he's managing that. I think it's very, you know, just very natural to him at this point. He's just uh, plugging right along. Man, it's just, you know, one of the the greatest things for him not to have to go through, you know, his young adulthood carrying that weight uh, in a way that I did. It's fabulous to me.
0: And the thing is, mate, that he's 23 years old, you know, 100 pounds and only 45 kilos overweight. And um, he's done something about it. And if he hadn't, he could have gone into his 30s, you know, maybe 120, maybe 150. Yeah. Then all of a sudden he gets up to his 40s and he's sitting 50 at sort of 350 pounds. And, a, you know, and a life has yeah. now changed for him. And thanks to your example, and I can't imagine how proud you are and, and what an achievement that is for your son. But for you personally to see your example followed by somebody that's so close in your life, that must be mind-blowing
1: yeah so that was that was the best that was the best part you know that was equally as good as me losing away it was for him to be able to um and and just kind of turn that back and and move forward without that and and get started on his you know adult life and and never have to carry all that through it yeah fabulous
0: You can tell him from me. I'd love to have him on this podcast, and I can't tell you how proud I am of him. I've interviewed a few people in their 20s on this podcast, and just the joy in them. What was he doing when he lost all that weight, John? Was he doing a similar protocol to you?
1: Um, Yeah, he was. He was kind of on a a one-meal-a-day plan, Um, just probably two- to three-hour eating window daily. Yeah, and was your
0: fasting always, uh, for yourself, John, was your fasting similar mostly through your whole weight loss journey, or did you do much extended fasting or anything like that?
1: Um, so while I was in the kind of the early to middle of the, the weight loss phase, I was probably doing every other week, I was probably doing a, like a, an extended fast, like the the mealless Monday. So it would be 36 to 42 hours, you know, every other week. Um, and I, I enjoyed that. Um, the process of that, I enjoyed the fast of that. What I didn't really ever get to enjoy a lot was the, the up day that followed because once you have that long fast, you need to have a recovery day where you have two, you know, at least two full meals. So you don't, you know, kind of burn out your metabolism there or put your body into starvation mode by having just a small meal on the following day or a single meal on the following day. And so, that was, that rhythm was very hard for me to get into. And so like the people, I know a lot of people that you've interviewed have, or several people you've interviewed and some people that Jen interviews have the alternate daily fasting where they do that regularly. And you know, the down days and then an up day with those two meals. And that rhythm was hard for me to get those two meals back in after I'd been fasting. So I moved back to kind of the meal, one meal every day. It was just more comfortable. Yeah. Uh,
0: So you found your niche, you trialed things and you experimented a bit and then you just found out what works for you. So when we're talking about one meal a day or people refer to it as OMAD and for the listeners out there, John, let's just explain that one meal a day. For some people, it's different. Some people will open with a snack, and then some people will have their main, and some people will have a dessert, almost like going to a restaurant, as we've referred to many times in this podcast. It's similar to what I will do. And then on the weekends, I might do what's called a TMAG. That might be two meals a day. So I might have brunch with my wife, and then I might have dinner later in the evening. And so there's all these acronyms we talk about in the intermittent fasting uh, community that can be sort of confusing, but... For you, just explain what OMAD means to you and how you roll with it mainly.
1: So um, primarily for me, my uh, one meal meal a day will look like um, uh, a snack of some sort, maybe cheese and crackers, nuts, uh, maybe some hummus with carrots or crackers or chips, something while I'm making dinner. Um, And then some kind of an entree, usually meat, maybe a vegetable, maybe a little bit of pasta. There's a lot less pasta in my life now. Uh, it just doesn't agree with me the same way it used to. Um, and then uh, maybe after that, maybe I'll have a little bit of something sweet after dinner. I have found in maintenance that I do kind of want something sweet, whether it's you know just one little bit of uh, chocolate something, one little bit of a fruit something, but something sweet at the very end. Um, I'm not very good about having coffee after dinner, although I would like to, but I just don't normally keep decaf and that's usually bedtime. So I don't usually. Um, so yeah, that's what it usually looks like. And that'll string out somewhere between two, to two and a half hours. If it's, a, you know, if I'm cooking, if I have leftover food, then it might be less than two hours because I'm just heating up but it'll, it'll stretch out like that. Um, I find that my preference is for better food now. Um, because I'm just eating that one time a day, you know, I'm a little pickier about what I'm eating. Um, I think that's true for a lot of people that are fasting. Um, I also have found that I can choose my foods, uh, better so i know like i i know immediately from one food to the next what might or might not work for my body if so because you only ate once today if you don't feel well tomorrow you can pinpoint that was the thing uh that didn't work for you um so that's easy um I, I wish I wasn't here landlocked in the great middle of the U.S. and I was somewhere on the coast like of Australia and we could get all that seafood you're showing off all the time. It's a little hard to come by here. Um, but we have good beef. Um, so, you know, try to get that in a lot. Um, but, yeah, so it's uh, I don't know. It's well,
0: good. Um, maybe swap you some seafood for some of that great beef you have there in Oklahoma, mate. So I'd say it'd be pretty good. But yeah. you know, you yeah. live in—is it Edmond, uh, Oklahoma? You, uh-huh. We huh yeah. yeah. So that's got some interesting history, isn't it? I believe there's a first church there and the first schoolhouse, that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: we amazing. got the first schoolhouse in the state. It's a neat little place, just outside of Oklahoma City.
0: Nice. And mate, you know, all these things that have happened to you in the last two years, and I mean, including that your son. I mean, uh, as you said, it's been life changing for you, but I can't wait to see where you are in another six to 12 months. So I'd love to catch up with you and please issue that invitation on my behalf to your son to come on the podcast, because I think he could really help change some people's lives in their 20s and and 30s that may be thinking about doing it, but they just need that little push. But thanks again for catching up with us, John. Really enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway.
1: Absolutely. Great to come back. Thank you okay cheers boy. bye 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 okay just wait
0: there a minute mate oh thank you so much john for coming back on and catching up with us after episode 54 i've got to tell you mate i shed a tear about that nsv with your son because that's amazing just amazing incredible that young man has taken his life back at an early age He's seen the example of his father that you set and I just can't tell you how proud I am of both of you so thank you for sharing your story simply wonderful and I'd love to have you both on the podcast in the future because that's one hell of a story worth sharing okay folks as heard uh, this podcast is brought to you by our Patreon members community uh, if you like the podcast and you'd like to support it said see it continue I really need your help to do that Uh, you get some great benefits back. We do a couple of Zoom meetings a month. There's a lot of interaction in there, extra bonus content. So go and have a look at that and you'll find the link in the show notes where you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash thefastinghighway. Also folks, if you're looking for my book, uh, you will find that on Amazon and both paperback and Kindle. Uh, If you are in Australia or New Zealand, uh, you can get it directly from me at the website and that's www.thefastinghighway.com. Okay, folks, until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.